Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So welcome everyone once again uh, to this morning's session. I'm excited uh, to bring this word to you this morning because I believe this word will bless you. This is a word that the Lord um, gave me a while ago, but he's been teaching me and adding more to this word. And so by way of introduction, we, we started a series a couple of weeks ago um, under the theme, the foundations of the faith, the foundations of the faith. That's the main theme for this series. And we've tackled so many different topics. And the topic that we're tackling now is living in the purpose of God. And we've, we've discussed what the purpose of God is and how to identify the purpose of God and how to live in the purpose of God. That's where we got to, how to live in the purpose of God. And we said that one of the first steps in living in the purpose of God is, is a step of faith. Is to take that step of faith. And the second point is gaining knowledge of God. And the third point is living in the rest of God or entering the rest of God. That's how you live in the purpose of God each and every day. And so by way of taking the first point, uh, by, by way of you know going through living in the purpose of God, we've discussed the main points. And so now we're taking each of the processes. You see, the first step, the, the first point is, is a step of faith. If you want to live in the purpose of God, it is a step of faith. And number two is gaining knowledge of God. Number three is entering the rest of God. And so we're going to take faith. We're going to take faith and we're going to discuss this. And I think there is a lot to uncover when it comes to faith. So it might take us about three weeks or even a month uh, to, to cover this. Because um, I believe the lack of understanding of faith is why a lot of Christians are struggling. Everything that we do in this life as believers is supposed to be in faith. That's what the scriptures is very clear that the just shall live by faith. And in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7, it's very clear. He said, for we walk by faith and not by sight. So he makes a distinction between faith, walking by faith and walking by sight. If you're walking by sight, it means that you're walking in unbelief. And we're going to learn about all these things. And so as this song plays, what I want you to do right now, the Bible says in all things we should give thanks because it is His will for us. And so wherever you are now, I want you to start to give thanks to God. The, 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 the song says, when you say yes to God, there is peace. And the reason I'm playing this song is that you realize that peace is a sign of readiness of faith, as you would learn. And so whenever you come into the presence of God, you should leave with peace. Hallelujah. And so as, 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 as we start this, I want you to just within your heart, open up your heart to God. Open up your heart to the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord is in this place. For it is written, He said, where two or more are gathered in my name, there He is. And so I believe the presence of the Lord is in this place. His glory is in this place. 
Jesus said, He said, Since therefore you are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Our God is a spirit. And therefore the Bible says, Wherever we are, He is there. Because He said, For I will never leave you or forsake you. And so His presence is in this place. He said, I will not leave you as orphans. But before long, I will come to you. And I will send you the advocate, the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit. He said, The world cannot accept Him. Because it neither sees him nor knows him. But he said you know him. Because he will be with you. And will be in you. And so we have the spirit of Christ in us. Because the scripture says. That if anyone does not belong. If anyone does not have the spirit of Christ. They do not belong to Christ. But we belong to Christ. Because we are believed in his name. And so therefore he is here with us. The spirit of the living God is in this place. So as you open up your spirit to him, as you open up your heart to him, you begin to receive. The Bible says he, that God is exalted in the praises of his people. The Bible says he sits enthroned in the praises of his people. So as you praise him within your heart, as you open your mouth to give thanks to God, you are acknowledging the presence of God in this place. And you are acknowledging his glory in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Spirit of the living God. Father, we give you all the praise and the glory. We magnify your holy name in the name of Jesus. 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 Spirit of the living God. Father, we give you all the praise and the glory. Lord, we have not met in the name of any man, but we have met in the name of the Lord Jesus. And as the scripture says that in all things we should give thanks, and so we give you all the praise and the glory this morning. We acknowledge your presence in this place. And Lord, and we present our hearts and our minds to you, O Lord. The Lord said, is that if you remain in me and my words remain in you, then ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And so, Father, I stand in the name of the Lord Jesus in accordance with your word. And I present everyone at the sound of my voice to you. The Lord, you open up our hearts. Lord, to receive your word. Because the Bible said, the entrance of your word give it light. The light shines in darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. Open up our hearts, O oh God, and prepare our hearts to receive your word, your holy word. The Lord, our, our lives will be transformed by the power of your word in the name of Jesus. The Lord, we may be able to live in accordance with your word. And as David said, he said, that word, someone said, that word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against you. He said, how can a young man or young woman keep his way pure, or anyone keep their way pure? It's by living according to your word. Lord, it is by because of your word that we have met this morning. To know your precepts. To understand your ways. To know your will for our lives. And to be able to walk in faith. For it is written that they just shall live by faith. And so Father let the anointing. And the power of your presence. And God us right now. We come against any principalities and powers. Any seeds of darkness. Oh Lord. That is burning with anyone at the sound of our voice. That in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. By the power of your presence in this place. For it is written in 2 Corinthians 3 verse 17. That now the Lord is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Or there is liberty. Let the freedom 
that comes by the power of your presence. Set every heart and mind and body free from every captivity of the devil in the name of Jesus. And Father, prepare us to receive your word so that, Lord, when your word comes, oh God, the word will be able to sit deep in our hearts. Then we have readiness of faith to live by the word. Because the word said, the Lord said, he said, a wise man is the one that hears the word of God and lives by it. He said, that person is like a, a tree planted by streams of water that bears fruit in season. Their leaves do not wither. And whatever they do, prosper. And so, Father, we acknowledge your presence in this place. And let the substance and the evidence of your word be embedded in our hearts and in our minds that we can live in full obedience to your will and your purpose that your will will be fulfilled in our life to the praise of your glorious grace and lord i ask right now the lord you confirm your word as you have confirmed the word to me several times the bible says you demonstrated your word you fulfilled your word through the signs and wonders that followed the ministry of the apostles and the bible says in hebrews 13 i say that jesus is still the same yesterday and today and forevermore. And so, Father, let the anointing and the power of your presence, oh, your everlasting glory, fill this place, fill every heart, fill every mind, fill every body here at the sound of my voice, that they may receive the mystery of your word. Oh, the Apostle Paul said, I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the wickedness of his power. He said his intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authority of this world according to his eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus. And so the Bible says, and therefore by faith and through faith in him, we may approach the throne room in our confidence. And so Father, let the anointing of your word, let your anointing that is be released at Christ, that has been released for us to feed on your holy word. Set our hearts right. Set our minds right. Oh, Father, I present myself to you. I'm just a vessel. It is not about any man here, but it is about your glory. It is about the Lord Jesus. Because the scripture says, He said, after you've lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am here. So just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. That everyone who believes might have eternal life through him. So, Father, as your word goes forth, oh God, let the word come out in all power and authority in the name of Jesus. Let the word come out with all power and authority in the name of Jesus. That everyone who hears this word will be sanctified by the power of the word. And as the Lord said in John 17, verse 17, He said, Father, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Let the truth of the word sanctify us through and through. <laughs> the Bible says your word is able to pierce, even to divide the marrows. It is sharper than a two-edged sword. It's able to put asunder the spirit and the soul. Oh Lord, send them, let the word pierce through the heart. And produce that its evidence in our heart. That will be able to walk in the light. For the word said, whoever walks in the light will not stumble. But whoever walks in the darkness will stumble. Oh, but the Bible said, but we are children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. 
And so, Father, as we feed on your holy word to find out what your will is for our lives, to find out how to walk in faith, to find out how to live every day in your glory. Because the word says, in Isaiah 61, as you prophesied through the prophet Isaiah, said those of us who believe in Christ Jesus will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Now, Lord, we can only come to walk in this splendor by gaining knowledge of you. And so we've met this morning to gain knowledge of you, knowledge of the Holy One. And so Proverbs 9, verse 10 said, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But knowledge of the Holy One, that is understanding. Oh, blessed be the name of the living God. The Lamb of God. It's all about Christ Jesus. The Bible says, In the beginning was the Word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. There was nothing that was made without a word. He said, in him was life. And the life was the light of all mankind. He said, the light shines in darkness. And the darkness has ever overcome it. So the light of the gospel of our Christ will shine in your heart. Oh, the apostle Paul. Revelation that came through him. And Peter, he said, hold fast to this word. So that the light of the word will rise up like a morning star in your heart. Oh, glory to God. Glory to the living God. Father, I thank you. I thank you. I bless your holy name. For you are God and your love endures forevermore. This love which surpasses knowledge. The apostle Paul says that I am convinced. That neither death nor life. Neither angels nor demons. And neither the present nor future, nor anything thereof, neither height nor depth, nor anything in our creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. He loves us so much that he's given us his one and only begotten son that we might live through him. We're not to live by ourselves, but live through Christ. And how do you live through Christ? It's by faith. By faith, you live in his purpose. A step of faith. And gaining knowledge of him and entering his rest. Because he said on the cross of Calvary that it is finished. <laughs> the work has been finished. And so dear Peter said, in 2 Peter 1 verse 3, He said, God, God Almighty, has given to us everything that pertains to life. Godliness. But you can only live this life. In this glory, when you have adequate knowledge of Him. But I believe that the reason why a lot of Christians are not able to live in the full glory is because they do not have adequate knowledge. And how do you gain knowledge of God? It's by feeding on His Word. His Word. His Word. Nothing more. The Word of God. Oh, Father, let the substance and the evidence of the Word, the true light, of the word oh shine in our hearts that we'll be able to walk in the full glory of the son of god that all will see together and know that you are god because the word said we are the light of the world so therefore we should let our light shine before others so all will see the good deeds and glorify you in heaven i thank you for your presence in this place i thank you for your glory in this place take absolute control I'll tie my tongue and speak your mysteries to us this morning in the name of Jesus. 
spirit of a living God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Welcome once more. And so, um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, we're tackling the subject, faith. And what I have here is faith in God and its demonstration. Faith in God and its demonstration. And our theme text for, for, for this subject is taken from Hebrews 11, the verse 1. Hebrews 11, the verse 1. And so, just by way of, you know, introduction, we know from Scripture, Mark 16, verse 20, 20, that the disciples went out and preached everywhere. And the Lord worked with them and confirmed His word by the signs that accompanied their ministry. In Acts 14, verse 3, it is also written, Therefore they stayed there a long time. This is talking about Paul and Barnabas, speaking boldly in the Lord, who was bearing witness to the word of his grace. And he granted them signs and wonders to be done by their hands. And so the Lord always confirmed his word through signs. And he's demonstrated his word to me through signs and i will share some of these testimonies with you as we go along in this faith series and how to live by faith as a believer hallelujah because the word of god is the truth and so i want to start with questions because there are there's, there's so many questions surrounding the subject faith and a lot of people talk about faith and you, you see that a lot of Christians or even some of the teachers who talk about faith do not even know what faith is because there's a confusion between faith and hope. And we're going to uncover all of this. And so the first, I have about six questions here that I want us to address, six main questions that I want us to address with these teachings. The first one is, what is faith? What is faith? What, what do we mean by faith when we talk about faith? And where does faith come from? Where does faith come from? How do we build faith? How do you build faith in God? Because you hear people say that I have faith. But then when they pray, they receive nothing. So which means there's something missing. And the only way that we can find out what faith is and where it comes from and how to build it is in the word of God. And that's what we're going to do. And so how do we build faith in God? And number three, how do we know that we are ready to exercise our faith? And brothers and sisters, I can tell you that God, he is not a hard test master. He's a loving father. He has put in his word and by revelation, by revelation, we're going to uncover how you can tell for yourself when you are ready to exercise your faith. Number four, 
How do we demonstrate faith or exercise faith? After you've known that you're ready to exercise it, how do you do it? How do you exercise faith in him? Or how does faith work? And number five, we're going to clear some misconceptions. Some misconceptions or misunderstanding about faith. And the first thing that we will tackle is differentiating between faith and hope. What's the difference between faith and hope? What should we live by? How, does, how, how, how can you tell whether you have hope and you're staying in hope? And how can you tell when you have faith and that you're, you're staying in faith? And number six. Number six, um, the point number six has uh, several components, about six points and a point number six, which is why is it that sometimes we're not able to put faith to work for us? Why is it that as Christians, sometimes we're not able to put faith to work? And this is as a result of six points here that we would, we would tackle. And I believe these six points, once we're able to clear have an understanding of these things, of these questions, or have these questions answered, it would clear um, some of these misconceptions that we have and it would help us to be able to put our faith to work. And so the first thing that I have here, the first point that I have here is misconceptions about the promises of God and faith. The promises of God and faith. Number two, a lack of understanding of what faith is. He said the reason why most people are not able to put faith to work is because they do not understand what faith is and what faith is not. It's very important to know what faith is and what faith is not. And number three is lack of understanding of how to demonstrate faith. So in essence, what we, how to demonstrate faith would clear um, some of these, um, uh, would help answer some of these questions. And number four is unbelief. What is unbelief? What is unbelief? And how does unbelief play a part in how we are not able to put our faith to work? We're going to uncover that. And then number five, lack of understanding of where to operate faith from. I say a lot of people are not able to put faith to work because they don't know where to operate faith from. Is faith in my mind? Is it what I just say? Or is it somewhere else? Is it in my heart? And we're going to discover that faith is the substance of the heart. It's not the mind. And so you telling yourself that you have faith, with your mind telling you that you have faith, doesn't mean you have faith. Faith is the substance of the heart. And we're going to discover this. And then one of the things that um, is also a stumbling block, number six, would say unforgiveness. Why a lot of people are not able to put faith to work is because one of the hindrances to faith, the number one hindrance that is highlighted in scripture in Mark 11 verse 25 is unforgiveness. A lot of Christians have harbor bitter thoughts about people, harbor bitter thoughts about people in their heads and in their hearts. When you have that, when you have such form of, if you have unforgiveness in your heart, your faith will not work. You will not be able to put your faith to work. Hallelujah. And so these are some of the things that we're going to um, discover in this, in this series. And so I want to make this point that salvation is the beginning of faith. 
Salvation is the beginning of faith. And so the faith that we're talking about here is not faith in yourself. It is not faith based on what the world is saying, not faith in the knowledge of the world. We're, thinking, we're, we're talking about biblical faith. We're talking about faith in Christ Jesus. Faith that is based on the word of God. Hallelujah. And we're saying is, what we're saying is that salvation is the beginning of faith. The reason that salvation is the beginning of faith is because salvation came by faith. And because salvation happens through revelation knowledge of Christ. Through the word of God that you receive, somebody, somebody tells you the word, you believe the word, you profess the word, then you are saved. And that in itself, the scripture tells us, is a step of faith. And where do we find it? Romans 10, from verse 8 to 10, the Apostle Paul went right into the church in Rome, began to explain to them, how the righteousness that they have received because salvation brings the righteousness of God. When you're saved, you become the righteousness of God. And he was trying to teach the church in Rome that this, this salvation, this righteousness that they have received, this salvation that they have received came by faith. And so he writes in Romans 10 verse 8, he said, what does this faith, this righteousness that we're talking about, righteousness that is by faith, what does it say? That the word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. You see? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. This is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. You see? This is the message concerning what? Faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. And so there are very important points here that I want you to take note. And we'll, we'll come back to these, these, these proclamations by the Apostle Paul, this teaching by the Apostle Paul later on. Because you realize that the same way salvation came is the same way that we can receive certain things that God has already made available to us. The same way you receive salvation is the same way that you can receive certain things that has already been fulfilled through Christ. And we'll learn that later. And that comes by faith. And so salvation came by faith because it says that this is the message concerning faith that we proclaim to you. And if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And he continues to teach us in verse 10 more about this faith, more about this salvation. He said, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved hallelujah and so here we see that faith resides in the heart and so that is one of the first characteristics of faith faith resides in the heart faith is of the heart faith is not of the mind he said for it is with your heart the verse 10 romans 10 verse 10, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. And later on, we're going to uncover that proclamation of the word of faith is what really brings the word into manifestation. For certain words, not all of them, 
We're going to learn as we go along. And so here, salvation is the beginning of faith. And so if you are the sound of my voice and you've already accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, you have a level of faith. But this level of faith comes with certain authority. And we see this in Matthew 16. The Bible says when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples, who do people say that the son of man is? And they replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others say that you are Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father who is in heaven. And there is a proclamation here. There's a revelation here that I want you to get. Is that, and I tell you that you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. A lot of people think that here Jesus was referring to Peter as the rock. But what Jesus was trying to teach the people here is that upon this revelation, that I am the Messiah, the Son of God, that I will build my church. What is the church? The church is those who have believed in Christ Jesus. The Bible says we are members of his body. And so the Apostle Paul writes that the God appointed Jesus as head over everything for the church, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. And so here, what the Lord was trying to teach them is that in order for you to come into him in order for you to come into the salvation it has to be a revelation and how does this revelation come by the word by knowledge of christ and so he tells peter that i he said but you are he said blessed are you simon son of jonah for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood but by my father in have in heaven so peter had a revelation about christ and this revelation was that he was the Messiah, the Son of God. And it is similar to what we see in, in Romans 10. That if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you can only declare that Jesus is Lord by you having a revelation. And how this revelation comes is when somebody speaks the word to you. You hear the word about Christ. You believe the word. You accept the word. And you profess the word. Then you are saved. And that was what Jesus was saying that this revelation that he is the Messiah, the Son of God, upon that revelation, that he will build his church. And this is the authority that I want you to get. And the gates of Hades will not overcome it. And so the moment that you believe in Christ Jesus, what we're saying is that is a step of faith. Salvation came by faith. And when you have this beginning faith, I call it beginning faith, because when you have this faith, there are certain, there are certain responsibilities or authority that you have but at that level of faith. He said, that upon this rock that I will build my church and the gates of Hades. The gates of Hades means the realms of the dead. He says, so the realms of the dead will not overcome it. And what are the realms of the dead? The sin for the Bible says for the wages of sin is death. And so anyone who does not know Christ is already in the realms of the dead. And the realms of the dead is controlled by Satan. And so what Jesus is saying here is that the realms of the dead, those who are controlled by the evil one, that evil one would not have any authority over you. 
And John confirmed this word. He said, this is the victory that has overcome the world. Even our faith. He said, who is it that overcomes the world? It is everyone who believes in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And so the authority here is that the moment you have this beginning faith that comes by salvation, you have already overcome this world. And 2 Corinthians 4, the verse 4 says, In whom the God of this world, Satan is the God of this world. And so anyone who does not believe in Christ is ruled by Satan. Satan has authority over them. Why? Because they have not come under disgrace. They have not accepted this gift of God that God gave us that we've, talk, we, we've spoken about in our previous teachings. And so salvation is the beginning of faith. And this faith means that you have already overcome the world. And so the question, I want to throw in a question here. The question that you may have is, if we've already overcome the world, why are we still struggling with a lot of things? And this is what this seminar or this faith series is going to help us address. That the fact that you have come under this grace, the fact that you have, re- you have come into salvation and you have this beginning faith, doesn't mean that this is all the faith that there is. There is more. Because scripture says, the apostle Paul writes, that he said in Romans 1, he said, he said, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. Because, and he continues that, he said, for in the gospel, he continues that he said, for in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that comes by faith and from faith to faith, just as it is written that the just shall live by faith. And so the moment you believe in Christ Jesus, you have a level of faith. And this level of faith, what we're talking about, what we're saying is that that level of faith gives you authority over the realms of the dead. Because Jesus said, he said, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. John also testified in his letter to the church that he said, who is it that overcomes the world? It is everyone who believes that Jesus is the Messiah, the son of God. And so this is the authority that comes with this beginning faith. There is also another authority that comes with this faith as well. This salvation faith is that I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Keys means what? When you have keys to a place, it means you have access. Key means access. This is the proclamation of Jesus. And so we also see that this same revelation, because the word is the same, the same spirit that was at work in Jesus, the same spirit that was at work in the Apostle Paul. The Bible says, in the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. And so the Apostle Paul speaks about the same revelation in Romans 5. From the verse 1, he said, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And so Jesus saying that I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. This keys is giving you access to the kingdom of God. So which means that when you have this beginning faith, when you come into salvation, you have access to the kingdom of God. And there's also another thing here. He said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. So you see, so the authority that he has given us, Jesus is also teaching us that you have to bind whatever you declare on earth here will be declared in heaven. 
And this is, this is, this, 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 there's an understanding here that I think a lot of Christians sometimes do not get. Until you do something here on earth, nothing will be done in heaven. Jesus said in Luke 10, He said, I've given you authority to trample upon snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. He said, I tell you, nothing will harm you. Until, because the moment you come to Christ Jesus, Jesus conquered these principalities and powers. And so the Apostle Paul spoke a, a revelation to the church in Ephesus. He said God's intent was that now, through the church, who are the church? Those who have believed in Christ. Through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the authorities and rulers of this dark world according to his, according to his eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus. And so when you believe in Christ Jesus, you, you have this authority. And that authority is to show these principalities and powers the glory of God, the wisdom of God. And so Jesus is saying that I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. You see, this is the authority. This is the authority that comes with the beginning faith. Salvation is the beginning of faith. And so this, these are all the benefits that comes with, with you having the beginning faith. The fact that you are a believer. You should be able to bind on earth and will be bound in heaven. You have access to the kingdom of God. And you have already overcome the world. And so any member of the body of Christ, even if you just gave your life to Christ today, this is the authority that you have. This is the faith. This is how you can use your faith. Your faith can work. When you bind on earth, it will be bound on heaven. Your faith can work because you have access. You can access the things that are established in heaven. And whatever you lose here will be lost in heaven. And you've also already overcome Satan. This is at the basic level of faith. And that basic level of faith is you believing in Christ Jesus. But the question is, is this faith enough for me to live my life? And the answer is no. Because believing in Christ does not set you free from the wiles of the devil here on earth. Believing in Christ takes you to heaven. Believing in Christ means that you have come into the inheritance. You have access, as we have seen. You have access to all everything that God has established for you. Because when you believed in Christ Jesus, you received a deposit of the Spirit of God. And so John wrote in John 1, he said, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become children of God. And so the moment you receive Jesus, the moment you believe in him, you have right to become a child of God. But it is one thing to have the right to operate as a child of God, and it is another thing to operate in the fullness of it. Hallelujah. But then what does scripture say? What did Jesus teach us? In John 8, 32, this is answering the question that believing in Christ is not enough for you to exercise the full faith that you have in Christ. You have a level of faith. And we've discussed these things. What we just read. 
You have a certain authority, but that authority is not enough for everything else. There is more you need. And how do we know that there is more we need? John 8.32, Jesus taught them. The Bible says to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So you see that it is not the believing that sets you free. It starts with believing, but it is the truth of the word of God that sets you free. Why? Why the truth? Have you ever asked yourself, why the truth? Why is it that it's the truth of God's word that sets you free? Because the truth is the fullness of the inheritance. The truth is part of the inheritance that you received. How do we know this? John 1. If you have your Bibles with this, is teaching, so I want you to take my time. If you have your scriptures, turn with me to the book of John. The Gospel of John to the Lord Jesus. John 1. The verse 14. Let me read from the verse 14. Is that the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of what? Grace and truth. You see? Jesus came with what? Grace and truth. Let's read on. The Bible says, the verse 15 says, John testified concerning him. He cried out saying, this is the one I spoke about when I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. That out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Christ Jesus. You see, it's been repeated here, which means it's very important. So when you believed in Christ Jesus, you received double as an inheritance. But you hear more about this grace. You don't hear much about the truth. Why? The grace is what brings you into the inheritance. The grace gives you access. But the truth is what sets you free. So what is this truth? And I want to make this point. Isaiah spoke about this. Isaiah prophesied about this double inheritance that we receive. And I believe a lack of understanding of what we have received, what came with salvation, is why a lot of people are not able to put their faith to work. Once you're able to understand his grace and truth, then you will know that that is when you have faith in him. You have the fullness of the faith in Christ. And so the Apostle Paul, and let me even hold on to that. Let's go to Isaiah, Isaiah the prophet. This is teaching, so I'm taking my time. Isaiah 40. As I prophesied concerning those who believe in Christ, Jesus, concerning the, the, the spiritual Israelites, we who have believed in Christ. He said, comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Isaiah 40 from the verse 1. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed. Hard service was the works of the law. He said that her sin has been paid for. When you come to Christ Jesus, you repent of your sins God, God has already paid for that sin through Christ. And listen to this. He said that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. What is this double? This double is what the Holy Spirit began to teach me. This is what John was talking about. Grace and truth. That is the double inheritance that came by Christ Jesus. This grace is what brings you into the inheritance. This grace is what gives you access. So the Apostle Paul said, we've been saved by grace through faith. Through faith. We've been saved by grace through faith. The grace is what brought us into it. 
But this grace was not the only thing that Christ brought. He also brought the truth. He also brought the truth. Because it is the truth that will bring you into the light of the fullness of the inheritance. And what is the truth? John 14, verse 16, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. In John 17, the verse 17, Jesus was praying for the disciples, praying for all of us, believers. He said, Father, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. So this truth is the word of God. And so once you have come into salvation through faith, what you should understand is that this faith embodies grace and truth. Then what is this truth aspect? This is what I just recited. John 17, the verse 17. The word of God is the truth. And because the Holy Spirit testifies to the word, and so the Bible calls the Holy Spirit the spirit of truth. And so Jesus said, when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will bring you into all the truth. He will remind you of my teachings. So without the spirit of God, you cannot come into the truth of the word of God. This is why an unbeliever, when they start reading the Bible, it may not make sense to them. Even for some believers, the scriptures does not make sense. That is, if they have quenched the spirit of God in them, the word of God will not make sense to you. Because the word is only made, you can only understand the word by the power of the spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that brings you into understanding of the word. The Bible says the Holy Spirit rules the church. He brings us into the truth. And so these revelations, these understand, these things that we're learning is not from any human mind. It is by revelation through the Holy Spirit. I did not come to understanding of the word except by the Spirit. Because the Spirit is the truth and the word is the truth. And the Spirit testifies to the word of God. And so why am I saying this? The reason why I'm bringing you, I want to, the reason why I'm saying all these things is so that you will understand what faith really embodies. That this, what we just talked about, this grace and truth, all comes into faith. The fullness of it. And so the Apostle Paul says, and that the spirit that we received when we, when we came to Christ Jesus, the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, the Apostle Paul says, said the Holy Spirit is a deposit guaranteeing the fullness of our inheritance. How does the Spirit guarantee the fullness of our inheritance? The inheritance we receive is grace and truth. And the Spirit is the truth. So the the truth is the second part of the inheritance. And the Spirit testifies to the truth, which is the Word. And so He, the Spirit of truth, is a guarantee of the fullness of our inheritance. And I'm laying some building blocks here. So I want you to bear with me. The subject is, Faith in God and His demonstration. And these are all introductions to the subject of faith. I'm bringing you an understanding for you to know that faith starts with salvation. Because salvation came by faith. And this salvation, this faith that comes with salvation comes with certain authority that you have. Certain things that you can exercise. And the first thing is that you have authority over the realms of the dead. You've already overcome the world. In John John testified in the first epistle of John. He said, the Holy Spirit. He said, they, they that believe in Christ, they are the people who have overcome the world. He said, this is the victory that has overcome the world. Even our faith. The faith in Christ is what overcomes the world. And what we also said is that that faith means that you also have access to the throne of God. Access to the kingdom of God. 
And then the Bible, when, but the scripture also tells us, Jesus taught us that whatever you bind on it shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you lose on it shall be loosed in heaven. But we're saying that this authority that you have by faith that came through salvation is not enough for you to live the fullness of the life in Christ Jesus. That there is a level of faith from one faith to the next. And this is all basic faith. And so if you have given your life to Christ, this is the authority that you can exercise. But there is more. Because the Bible says in, in John 1 verse 50, Jesus told Nathaniel, when Nathaniel believed the revelation that Christ gave him, the Bible says he told, you, he told him, he said, you believe because of this initial revelation that there is more. That you will see greater things than this. That you will see heaven open and angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. What the Lord was trying to say that he gives the spirit without limit. Once you come to a level of faith, you will see greater things. You can move from one level of faith to the next. And so the Apostle Paul says, the word of God brings salvation to, one who, to everyone who believes. Through faith and from faith to faith. Which means... The salvation itself is the foundation of the faith. And then there is more faith. But then how does this more faith come? What is this faith? And so now let's move, in, move on into our main theme. Faith in God and his demonstration. What is faith? Let's try to answer the first question. What is faith? And here, we're not depending on human definitions. Everything that we need as believers. The Bible says, Peter said it. In 2 Peter 1, the verse 3 said, God has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. So everything that we need is in the word. And so let's look at the definition of faith. What is faith? Hebrews 11. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Hebrews 11. And, and I want you to turn with me because as you read the scriptures for yourself, you will come into understanding. Because the Bible says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The Bible says, the entrance of the word of God giveth light. As you read the scriptures for yourself, the Spirit of the Lord will begin to manifest the Word in your heart. And that is where you need the Word of God to, to be, as we'll learn later on. So what is faith? And I like the New King James Version because it gives us the, the fullness of the definition as, as the Lord taught me. He said, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That is the spiritual definition of faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And so what does this mean? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. This is just a definition. These made up of words. But I can tell you that these words, these phrases that have been used here to form this sentence is full of revelations. About faith because it it vividly describes what faith is is that faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen now let's let's break it down there are three key words here that I want you to get the first that I want you to take note if you want to write it down or if you want to underline it if you want to underline this in your Bible the first is substance the second word that I want you to pay attention to is hope. And the third is evidence, and the, I'll put a whole phrase, evidence of things not seen. Or let me just put it evidence. So three key words here. The first is the substance. The second is hope. And the third is evidence. 
And as we explain, so we're going to tackle this definition of faith so that you understand what faith is. Because once you're able to get this, then you begin to understand that a lot of the things that people, a lot of Christians think is faith is not faith at all. No wonder our prayers are not being answered. And the Spirit of the Lord has demonstrated this word to me. So Jesus said, said, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen. And so we know what we're talking about. By His grace. The faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And so here what we see that faith starts with something. It starts with hope. Is that faith is the substance of things hoped for, which means you have to start by hoping for something. If you want to put your faith to work, it starts by hoping for something. But then I want to backtrack with the first statement or the first two uh, few words. Now faith is. You see, faith is a present tense here. Now faith is. So you realize that faith is not something that is going to happen. And the reason I'm making this statement is that you're going to understand later on that a lot of the misconceptions or the lack of understanding that comes from demonstrating faith is because people do not understand the definition of faith, the spiritual definition of faith. Faith is. Faith is not going to be. Faith is. And so I want you to ask yourself, why does the scriptures keep faith present tense? Faith is. Why does the scriptures keep it Presentation. And I want you to keep that thought at the back of your mind. But what we're saying is that faith starts with hope. And so you want God to do something for you. You're hoping that God does something for you. Right? That's where faith starts with. But then let's backtrack to look at the definition. It said, now faith is the substance of things. Substance of things hoped for. So when you hope for something, but that thing that you're hoping for... You can put a substance to it. And I'm breaking it down. You can put a substance to it. What is a substance? A substance is something that is tangible. A substance is something that is tangible. Hallelujah. And what is this substance of faith? And this is what this is the analogy that came to my spirit as I studied this word. Is that every substance has a source. That produces it. And so you're hoping for something. But you put a certain substance. To what you're hoping for. That is the first half. Of the definition of faith. Faith is the substance of things. Hoped for. And so what is this substance? What we're saying is that. Every substance has a source that produces it. And so therefore for faith. Faith has a substance. That produces it. So every substance has a source. Which means that now, if the, the definition is saying that faith is the substance of things hoped for, which means that faith also has a source. And so what is this source for faith? So you're hoping for something. Then you put a substance which has a source to it. That is the first part of the definition of faith. And so what is this substance of faith? And if you have your Bibles with me, turn to the book of Romans 10. Romans 10. We read Romans 10 earlier on. Romans 10 verse 17. The King James Version. 
He said, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, which means that the substance portion of faith or where faith comes from is from the word, the word of God. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. So you're hoping for something. And when you put that substance, which has a source, which is the word of God to it. So when you put the substance of the word to what you're hoping for, that is the first part of faith. And so faith comes from the word of God. Faith does not come from what you think. Faith does not come from what a, a prophet said. Faith does not come from what someone is telling you. Faith does not come from feelings. Faith does not come from vision. Faith comes from the word of God. Romans 10, 17. Therefore, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And we're going to tackle this later on. Why the scripture says hearing? You put it in a present tense, continuous, present continuous, like a continuous sentence, a continuous tense, hearing and hearing, hearing and hearing. Why? We're going to tackle later. Because you see that faith, sometimes faith comes by the word. And so does it mean that when you hear the word of God once, then you have faith? Sometimes, the reason why the scripture says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word, sometimes you need to hear the word more. The more you hear the word, that's why he said hearing and hearing. Because for some people, you need more of the word in order to produce the substance of faith in you. Because faith comes from the word of God. There is nowhere else that faith comes from except the word of God. And so the Apostle Paul, this is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. Proclaiming the word of God. The message concerning faith. Faith comes by the word. But so let's look at the second part of this. Let's look at the, the, the second part of, of, of this of this uh, of this definition. And so the, the, the first part tells us that faith is a substance of the spirit born out of the word of God. Because faith is not anything that you can see. We, we've already established the fact that faith is of the heart. From Romans 10, 17. That faith is, uh, Romans 10, from verse 8 to 10. Faith is of the heart. He said, this is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. That if you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, and that God raised him from the dead and professed with your mouth, then you will be saved. He said, it is with your heart that you believed and are justified. So faith is a substance of the heart. But I want to make a quick point here. If faith comes by the word of God, and what we know from John 6, 63, that the word of God is a spirit. Because Jesus said, he said, the spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the spirit and life. So the word of God is a spirit. And Ephesians 6, the verse 17 and 18 says, that put on the helmet of salvation. You see, after you're saved, begin in faith. And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. He said, and pray in the spirit with all kinds of prayers and requests. So the word of God is a spirit. And so if the word of God is a spirit and faith comes by the word, which means faith is a substance of the spirit born out of the word of God. Does it make sense? 
Faith is a substance of the spirit because faith comes by the word of God and the word of God is the spirit. So faith is a substance of the spirit born out of the word of God. Then now let's tackle the second part of the definition. Let's tackle the second part of the definition, which is, is that now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And so after you've realized, put the substance, which is the word of God, to what you're hoping for, it says in order for the fullness you have to, in order for you to have the full complete definition of faith, you have to have the evidence, the evidence of the word that you cannot see. Because the, the, the definition, Hebrews 11, 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And so you have to have evidence when you put the word, which is a substance or the source of faith, to what you're hoping for, it produces evidence. But this evidence you cannot see. And where can you have an evidence of something you cannot see? The only way you can have evidence of something you cannot see is when the, what you cannot see resides in the heart. The heart is the only place where you can have an evidence of something you cannot see. You just believe, you just have a conviction within you that this thing is true. So the definition says, when you have the substance, which is the word of God, aligned to what you're hoping for, then it should produce evidence in your heart. That is when you have the fullness of faith, or what we call the readiness of faith. And so this is the definition of faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And what we're saying is that this faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. There is no other way, according to scripture, that faith comes. Faith only comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And what we're saying is that faith starts with hope. You're hoping for something. That when you apply, when you align what you're hoping for with the word of God, then you would have readiness of faith by the evidence of the word, the manifestation of the word of God in your heart. And that manifestation of the word of God is produced by the Holy Spirit. So this is why if anyone, you see, that is why we call ourselves believers and unbelievers. There are people who are unbelievers. Unbelievers, those who do not believe in Christ Jesus. Believing means you're, you're believing in faith, like you're believing in Christ. And so the only difference between us and them is that they don't have faith. But we have faith because we have the beginning faith, which brought us into salvation. But that salvation faith is not enough. You have to be able to apply faith in everything that you do. And so the scripture said that we have been called to peace because you realize as we go along that what the scriptures, what, what the, the revelation that the Lord was given was that we have been called to peace, which means we have been called to faith. Peace is a sign of readiness of faith, which we later will learn. And so we've been called to peace means that you are now ready to exercise faith anytime. That is how we should live. That's what the Bible said, that just shall live by faith. 
You see, scripture says, the just shall live by faith. He said, for we walk, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Why does scripture say that the just shall live by faith? So it means that everything that we do should be in faith. But then if you do not understand what faith is, you do not understand where faith comes from, and if you don't understand where faith resides, it will be difficult for you to know how to put faith to work. And what we're saying is that faith is a present tense. Faith is not is going to be. That is hope. Hope means that you're hoping for something. Something is going to be. Or it may not. Hope does not guarantee anything. Faith guarantees something. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for. So when you put the word of God, which is the substance of faith, you put the word of God to what you're hoping for, then it guarantees the thing. You have evidence of the thing in you. And where does this evidence reside? Your heart. And so you look at the other definition, the other translation, NIV. This is how the NIV defines faith. Hebrews 11, the same Hebrews 11, the verse 1. The NIV says, that faith is the confidence in what we hope for. The NIV says, now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And so when you put the substance of the word to what you're hoping for, you have confidence and assurance. And that assurance is when you have something in your heart. You have an assurance of it in your heart. That is when you have faith. Anything else is not faith. So if you're hoping that God will do something for you, that's not faith. Faith is that you already know with certainty that you have it. That is faith. And so the question is, how can I tell? Right? It's a very good, important question to ask. How can I tell? How can I tell that I have faith? You know, if you're saying that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, how many times do I have to feed on the word of God for me to know that I have faith? How can I tell that I have faith? And I believe that lack of understanding, we, we've not been taught these things. There's a lot of Christians sometimes even have faith that they do not know that they have. Because they don't know they, and they can't tell when they have faith and when they, they do not. But by the revelation given me through the Holy Spirit, and this is what, this is what the Spirit of the Lord began to teach me. Hallelujah. This is what the Spirit of the Lord began to teach me. That faith, there is a sign of readiness of faith. You can tell when you have readiness of faith. And this is manifested by peace. Peace is a sign of readiness of faith. Hallelujah. But I want to give you more scriptural evidence of what, what we were discussing. That faith is of the heart. Ephesians 3, 16 and 7 said, I pray that out of his glorious riches, the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Ephesus, he said, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. Another evidence that faith is of the heart. Hallelujah. Faith is not in the mind. 
And later on, we're going to understand why a lot of Christians, sometimes when their mind is telling them, when the mind says that he can do something, when the mind says that, oh, this thing would happen, they think they have faith. If you truly have faith, because faith is born out of the word of God, if you truly have faith, it does not manifest in the mind. It manifests in the heart because faith resides in the heart. It is a conviction in the heart. And so the Bible says Christ will dwell in your heart through faith. Faith resides in the heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But then I had I, I, I wrote this point down that, that I think maybe would help some people to understand if you're still not clear about these things. I want to give you an analogy. The Bible says that the evidence of the word, the substance of faith, is the word of God. The substance of faith is the word of God. You cannot have faith without the word of God. And so when you have the substance of the word, and it's manifested in your heart by the Holy Spirit, that is when you have faith. But then in order for you to have evidence of something, you need a tool that helps you to detect that evidence. And I can use everyday science analogy that if clinicians want to detect an evidence of bacterial microorganism in a diseased tissue or sample, they have to examine it with a tool, a microscope. In the same way, there is a tool for being able to detect, a tool that helps you to produce this evidence of the word, evidence of faith. And that tool is the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is what helps you to produce or produce the evidence of the word in your heart that manifests by faith. So it is the Holy Spirit who makes the evidence and the truth of the word. And the reason why I'm making this point is that there are some people that will not understand the word right. If you would say that you know the word of God, but you do not understand the word, you will not believe right. And so therefore you will not have faith, the right faith to receive what you're, what you're hoping for. It is only through the spirit that the word of God can be made manifest in your heart. And that is only through the spirit that the word can produce the substance of faith in your heart. What we call the evidence of faith in your heart. And so the Holy Spirit makes the evidence and the truth of the word known to your heart or the spirit. What we're talking about the heart is the spiritual heart, your spirit within you. And so that's why Jesus said in John 14, the verse 16, that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth brings the truth of the word. He makes the evidence of the word of God evident. He makes the word evident in your heart. Hallelujah. He's also a teacher. And the reason I'm saying these things is that the more you feed on the word of God, we're saying that faith comes by the word. And the more you feed on the word of God, the Holy Spirit begins to teach you the word and brings you in alignment with the understanding of the word. The true understanding of the word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so this is why the scripture wants us in John uh, in First Thessalonians 5, verse 7, do not quench the spirit. First Thessalonians 5. Because if you quench the spirit, 
you will not come into the truth or the evidence of the word. And therefore, you will not have readiness of faith to receive what God has already made available to you. Hallelujah. This is what the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Rome. In Romans 12, verse 2, is that do not conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can test and approve what God's will is. The will of God is his word. We've established in previous teaching, the will of God is the word of God. It's embedded in the word. And so when you conform to the ways of God, that's one of the ways that you can lose faith. Is when you are living according to the ways of the world, your mindset becomes the mindset of the world. Why is the mind, if I'm saying that faith is of the heart, why am I talking of, of the mind? Because it is with your mind that you learn. You learn through the mind, then you renew the mind with the word. And the more your mind receives this word, then it descends into your spirit. It descends into your heart. And so the source, it comes through the mind. But the faith in itself, it does not reside in the mind. It resides in the heart. This is why you can have people who know scripture. They can recite scripture, but you will not see a demonstration of the power of the word. And so the apostle Paul said, he said, when I came to you, I did not come with human eloquence or wisdom, but I came with a demonstration of the spirit's power so that your hope may not rely on human wisdom, but on God's power. The word born of the spirit of God manifests with a demonstration of signs. But if you don't have the word, the evidence of the word of God in your heart, you will never see the manifestation of the glory of God because then it means that you don't have readiness of faith. The word is just in your mind. The mind does not produce any evidence. The mind produces signals that send signals to the rest of the body. And so when you have your mind only holding the word of God, you are not there yet. This is why the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Your mind is supposed to hear the word. Your mind is supposed to be renewed. And the more your mind is renewed, then your spirit begins to pick up the word. Begins to pick up the word from your mind. And once your spirit, your heart, is able to receive the substance and the evidence of the word, then you have readiness of faith. And this is why you can have even men of God. They can recite scripture. They can quote you and give you the memory verse. They cannot even pray for anyone to be healed. You don't see any manifestation of the glory of God. Why? Because the word is not in your heart. And this is why you can have even Christians. They know the word. They can recite the word. But they do not see the manifestation of the glory of God because the word has not produced evidence in their heart. Because the word, faith, is a substance of the heart. Because the definition is, faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The only way, the only place that you can have an evidence of something that you cannot see is if that thing resides in the heart. And so until... You have the evidence of the word of God in your heart. You don't have readiness of faith. This is why even salvation came by faith. He said, it is with your heart that you believe. He did not say it is with your mind. And the question is, why are Christians, why are people able to receive salvation? 
But they're not able to receive anything that comes from God again. Why? Because salvation came by faith. Everything that comes from God comes by faith. The Bible says without faith it is impossible. Hebrews 11. Let's, let's, let's read that. Let's go to the book of Hebrews again. Hebrews 11. The verse 6. He said, and without faith it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. And that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Jesus told Martha, he said, didn't I tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God. The reason why a lot of Christians are not seeing the manifestation of the glory of God is because they have no faith. They, are, they have been saved by the initial faith. Even that faith, they do not know what they have. They, even, they don't even know how to use that initial faith that they have received. Let alone faith to receive anything from God, anything else from God. And so we have to know that this faith resides in the heart and not the mind. But it is through the mind that you receive. And so the reason why the scriptures say faith comes by hearing and hearing is because we've been fed junk from the world. We've been fed a lot of things from, from our previous lives that are all unbelief. And so in order for those things, in order for us to weed those things out of us, we need to feed on the word. And so the more you feed on the word, the more you are renewing your mind. That is why the Apostle Paul says, do not conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You renew your mind with the word of God. And the more you renew your mind with the word, now your mind begins to transform. Fair, because the mind sends signals. Begin to transfer the signals of the word of God into your heart. And once you have the substance of the word in your heart, then you have readiness of faith. But if the word of God is just in your mind, it is just signals. Signals does not produce evidence. Signals does not produce any tangible thing. But you have to get the signals of the word, enough signals in your, in your mind to produce the substance of the word in your heart. For you to have readiness of faith. And so then, how can I tell? That leads us to our, 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 our next question. How can I tell that I have faith? How can I tell that now I'm ready to exercise my faith? And the first thing that I want to show you Let's go to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians 6. Turn with me to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians 6. We're going to read from the verse 10 to 17. Here, the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus and began to teach them about the armors of God, how to put on the armor of God and to defend themselves against the wiles of the devil. And here, there are deeper revelations of faith. There are revelations of faith here in this word that the Apostle Paul taught, taught the church in Ephesus. And so I read from the verse because I want you to get the whole context for you to know. And later on, you see, as we come to applications of faith, we're going to make reference to some of this scripture. He said, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. He said, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. He did not say that God would take a stand for you. You 
yourself can take a stand against the devil's scheme. And the verse 12 said, for our struggle. You see, the reason why you should put on the armor of God is because he said, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. You see, when the Bible says the mind, Romans 8 said, the mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the spirit is life and what? And peace. If you, if your mindset, the reason why we said we should not conform to the pattern of the world, if your mindset is of the world, the world lives by the flesh. The world lives by feelings. They live by what they see. They live by what they hear. They live by what the, 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 the others tell them. But the Bible says we are not of this world. Jesus said, he said, Father, just as I'm not of it, of this world, they are also not of this world. He said, I'm praying for them. I am not praying for the world. We are not of this world. But the Bible says the world, they have killed all sensitivity. And what is this sensitivity? Sensitivity to the Spirit of God. They have killed all sensitivity and they have given themselves over to sensuality. This is why you have this explosion of all these gay. These are all sensual things. They live by the senses. And the Bible says that for our struggle, it's not against this flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So what we're dealing with, any problem that you're, you're, you're going through, Satan, sometimes our mistakes, Satan even latches on those mistakes to bring certain things to pass in our lives, to cause problems for us. And a lot of believers, because of lack of understanding, lack of knowledge of the word of God, they think that when these things are happening, they say, oh, God is taking me through a trial. No, the trial and tribulations we go through is not from God. The Bible clearly states, God said that if, you're, if these things are happening to you, know that it is not from me. No good father would cause bad things to happen to his people. It's because what the Apostle Paul is teaching the church is that for our struggle, it's not against flesh and blood. We're dealing with these principalities who are making sure they are waging war against us. And because of that, he said, put on the full armor of God. So that you can stand your ground against their schemes. And then he began to teach them what these armors are and how to put them on. And so the verse 13, he said, therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. When the day of evil, which means that the day of evil is going to come, Satan will continue to attack. No matter who you are, no, no, no matter how much level that you have attained in the faith in Christ, the devil, the Bible says he prowls around like a, as a roaring lion, seeking him whom he may devour. He's always looking. He's all, he goes, he comes, and you defeat him this time, he will try again next time. And so the Apostle Paul said, we should guard ourselves with the armor of God. He says, so that you may be able to stand your ground. And there is, there is something here that I want you to get. He said, and after you've done everything to stand, stand firm. And this is where a lot of believers too give up. The fight, the devil does not stop. There's so a lot of believers when you're going through a certain struggle and they pray and they are not seeing the instant manifestation of what you're looking for. They think that God has deserted them. And then they slip back into unbelief. And so a lot of delayed blessings in the lives of Christians is because we don't have readiness of faith. Or we cannot tell whether we have faith or not.
And a lot of the time, it is because of our lack of faith that is why things delay in our lives. And so what God is already waiting for us is to come to faith. The moment you come to the point of readiness of faith, you will see the manifestation of the glory of God. And the, the scriptures, and as you're going to see, the, the Holy Spirit began to open my, my, my understanding to different revelations, different stories in the scriptures testifying to this word. A typical example is what we see in Luke 24. When Jesus, when Jesus died, he told the disciples that the Son of Man must, before he died, he said the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised to life again. But the people did not believe. They did not believe the words of Jesus. And so when Jesus died, the Bible says on the second day or third day, the woman prepared spices and went to the tomb. If they believed that Jesus was going to rise again on the third day, the tomb is a place for dead people. It is not a place for people who are living. And so they went to the wrong place looking. They prepared spices because they thought Jesus was still dead. And so they wanted to go and anoint his body before it rots. Went to the wrong place. And a lot of the time, because of the absence of the word of God, a lot of us take steps in life with resources. Taking steps in life that take us to the wrong place because of unbelief, because of lack of faith. Because what did we say? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. They heard the word, but they forgot the word. And so they began to go to the wrong place. You read on to Luke 20, you read the whole of Luke 24, you begin to see that that same time, Two disciples were on their way to a village called Emmaus, a seven-mile journey. Then Jesus appeared to them. They did not believe. Later on, when the woman, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, when, they, when, they, when an angel reminded them of the word of God. You see, this is where faith comes in. Faith comes by the word. When the angel reminded them of the word of God. The Bible says, then they remembered. They remembered. And on their way, Jesus appeared to Mary Magdalene. Why? Because now she had come to the point of faith. She had remembered the word. The word was in her heart. Because Jesus resurrected in a glorified state. And this is a revelation the Spirit of the Lord opened my eyes to. Jesus resurrected in a glorified state. And so with unbelief, you can never see the glory of God. And so you read throughout the scriptures. The Bible says when Jesus resurrected, he only appeared to the believers. Ask yourself why. Why did you, everyone saw that Jesus was crucified? Why is it that when Jesus resurrected, it is only the believers who saw him? Why? Because he resurrected in a glorified state. And with unbelief, you can never see the glory of God. And this, is, this example is seen in Luke 24, the same Luke 24, what I was telling you earlier. Two of these disciples were on their way to a village. The Bible said Jesus appeared to them. But the Bible said the Spirit of the Lord kept them from recognizing Jesus because of unbelief. Because they did not believe. Because the Word, they did not have the correct understanding of the Word of God. And this is where, this is why getting the right teachings of the word is very important. Don't just accept whatever a man of God tells you. Examine it by the scriptures. Because John 2, 27, he said, he said, as for you, 
22, 27, 28 said, As for you, the anointing you have received teaches you about all things. We have the same spirit. The same spirit that is on that man of God teaching you the word is the same spirit is in you if you believe in Christ. He said, He said, As for you, the anointing received teaches you about all things. And as that anointing is real or not counterfeit, remain in Him. The anointing of God is the spirit of God teaches you about all things. The spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit. So you can understand the scriptures by the same spirit in you. And so even the words that I'm speaking to you, examine it by the word of God. If that's not aligned with the word of God, reject it. Every word born of the word of God, every word born of Christ can be proven by the written word. It aligns with the word of God. And so the Bible says these two disciples, the spirit of the Lord kept them. From recognizing the glory because of unbelief. Because they did not have the right teachings of the word. And you begin to see. There's also a demonstration that faith comes by the word. Because they had no faith. They did not believe right. And so they did not have the right kind of faith. And so the Bible says Jesus began to teach them. From Genesis. And all the prophets. Concerning himself. And after Jesus taught them the word. Jesus did not pray for them. He taught them to bring them to the point of belief. And so there are a lot of people who are not receiving healings in the church. And the men of God will line them up and pray, 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 pray for 10 hours. Nothing happening. Why? Sometimes you will pray for people. But if the people do not have faith, you're wasting your time. You can pray all the prayers in the world. And then later on, I'll give you a testimony about this. The Spirit of the Lord demonstrated the word to me through a testimony. He manifested, that's what we're talking about. He always confirms his word. He taught me the word and demonstrated the word in action. Though pray, 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 nothing happens. What they should be doing is teaching the people about healing. And once the people, because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, faith does not come by praying. The moment you teach them the word and they began to receive the word about healing in their heart, they would have evidence or readiness of faith. And that readiness of faith will manifest by peace. And when they have that peace, then you know that they are ready. And now stand on the word and rebuke that sickness. And immediately you see that they will be healed. This, I have seen it manifest in the lives of people. And so now let's see. This peace, we're still on peace, is a sign of readiness of faith. And we're going to prove, the Bible says, in the mouth of two or three witnesses shall everywhere, shall everywhere be established. I'm going to give you about three or four, more than three, scriptural evidence that peace is a sign of readiness of faith. This is how peace is the only way that you can tell that now you're ready to put your faith to work. That you can tell that now you're ready to receive from God. Let's see. And so he said, stand. He said, after you've done everything to stand, stand. Which means that if you want to defeat or stand against the devil, sometimes you're going to have to keep standing. Keep standing means that you have to hold on to the word of faith. Keep standing means that don't lose the faith. Don't slip back into unbelief. Don't take your eye off the word of God. That is the standing. The standing doesn't mean that what people say, people in the world say, oh, um, uh, have strength, uh, uh, be strong. 
The Bible says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That is what we read. Finally, be strong in the Lord, not be strong in yourself. The language, the people in the world say they are strong in themselves, that I have strength. But the strength that we're talking here is the strength that comes from God. Because we are in him. Hallelujah. It's not our own strength. We do not have any strength of our own. Except that which he gives us. So John said, he said, a person can only receive what they have been given from above. As he said, stand firm then with the belt. He began to teach them what these armors are. He said, stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. What is a belt used for? A belt is used to secure your clothing. And so he's saying, now put the truth as a belt to secure you. And what is the truth? What we learn in John 17, verse 17, Jesus said, He said, Father, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. The truth is the word of God. And so you see, we learn in Romans 10, 17, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Here, the Apostle Paul says, the first armor, if you want to be able to stand against the devil, is the truth of the word of God. And he said, buckle this truth of God's word around your waist. Literally meaning that secure yourself. A birth is used to secure your clothing. Secure yourself with the word of God. And listen to this. That is number one. And then number two, he said, with the breastplate of righteousness in place. The Bible says in Romans 8, he said, although your body is subject to death because of sin, but the spirit gives life because of righteousness. And so righteousness gives us life. Righteousness, the righteous, and it's not even your own righteousness. It is not by even anything that you do. This righteousness comes by faith. This is what the Apostle Paul says. He says, since we've been justified through faith, we have Peace with God. And we're going to come to that. One, another evidence there. Is that since we've been justified through what? Faith. We have peace with God. The faith, readiness of faith, manifests by peace. Let's see here. This is the revelation that was given through the Apostle Paul that he wrote to the church in Ephesus about readiness of faith. He said, when you protect your chest with the righteousness of Christ, that righteousness of Christ is when you accept that salvation, it protects your chest. It gives you life. You have eternal life. Because the chest is where the heart is. And the heart is what gives us life. The heart is what pumps life, blood to all parts of the body. The heart is, 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 is representative of life. And so he said, guard your heart with the righteousness of Christ. Righteousness of Christ that also came by faith. And then he said, after you put on this, so this is the first two armor, the truth of the, of the word of God securing you and having life that comes through the righteousness of Christ. And the verse 15, listen to this. And he said, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Is it after you've done all of this, you would have Readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. So peace is readiness of faith. And how do we know this? Read the verse 16. He said, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith. The shield of what? Faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Ha! 
Hallelujah. And so he said, after you put on the belt of truth, the truth of the gospel about Christ, and you have protected yourself with the righteousness of Christ Jesus, it will manifest by readiness of peace in your heart. Then he said, once you have this peace, it's a sign that now you're ready to exercise your faith. And so the verse 16 said, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith. Because the peace preceded the demonstration of faith. Peace is a sign of readiness of faith. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of Satan. So that is number one. That is first proof that peace is a sign of readiness of faith. And if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to Philippians 4, the verse 6. Philippians 4, the verse 6. Glory to God. The word of God is ever true. The word of God is life. Hallelujah. The word is true. Once you come into the truth of the word, the Bible says the entrance of his word, give it light. Once you begin to understand this word, you begin to see that something is burning. And I'm going to show you how you can tell when your faith is being built up. This Before this peace manifests, there's something that happens. We're going to learn all of that. So that you yourself can tell when you have fed on the word of God enough, they can tell, okay, now I am ready to put my faith to work. Philippians 4, the verse 6, the Bible says, he said, do not, he said, be anxious about nothing. Which means, in other translations, he said, do not worry about anything. But in every situation, not some situations, every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, Present your request to God. And what does he say he's going to give you? He said, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. Where would it guard? Will guard your heart and your mind. Why? Ask yourself. God said, don't worry about anything. That in every situation, present your request to me. But when you present your request, ask yourself, why doesn't God give you what you ask for first? But he gives you peace first. Have you ever asked yourself why the Philippians, Philippians 4 the verse 6 says, when you present your petition to God and you ask God, he doesn't give you what, you what you ask for first, but he gives you peace first. It's not that he's not going to give you, but he gives you peace because peace is a sign of readiness of faith. And the Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to receive anything from God. And so when you present your petition to God, God gives you faith so that you would have evidence and you have readiness of faith. To receive because without the peace born out of the word of God, without the peace from Christ, you will not have readiness of faith to receive what God has already made available to you. So that is another evidence that peace is a sign of readiness of faith. And, it's, and you see here, the scripture here is full of revelation. The Holy Spirit spoke this revelation through the Apostle Paul to the church in Philippi. He said this peace this peace is not anything that this world, this flesh can understand. Is that and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. This peace you cannot understand. Because the reason why you cannot understand this peace is because you may be going through a difficult time right now. You may be going through a hard situation. But the moment you stand on your ground with the word of God and you present your petition to God, all of a sudden, 
the word of God, the spirit of the Lord will manifest the word and the evidence of it in your heart and that will manifest at peace. And this peace, he said, will guard your heart and your mind. Why? Because the mind is where the signals come from. If you, if you, if your mind is not secured by the peace of God, if your heart is not secured by the peace of God, even if God brings the glory, you will lose it. The spirit of the Lord can keep you from recognizing the glory of God if you don't have faith. He gives you peace as a sign of readiness of faith. And so when you receive this peace, this is when you know that I'm ready to receive. This is when you know that God has already answered my prayer. So you do not, want, you do not, you do not need a physical evidence in order to have it. This is why the definition says now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The evidence here is the peace that manifests in your heart. And that peace comes from the word. It doesn't come from anybody. It comes from the word born of the spirit of God. The written word. Hallelujah. So this is a second sign that peace is a, is a sign of readiness of faith. Second proof. And so when you present your request to God, when you want God to do anything for you, and you present it through prayer, in essence what the Spirit of the Lord is teaching us this morning, is that don't look for a physical manifestation first. Look within you to see whether you are convinced that you already have it. Because Mark 11 verse 24, which you're going to study later on, when we come to the applications of faith, what you're going to see, Mark 11, Jesus said, Mark 11 verse 24, Jesus said, Therefore I tell you, whatever you shall ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it shall be yours. Why? Why does God tell you that you should believe that you have received it? How can I tell that I've received it before it manifests? And this is where the lack of understanding is. A lot of Christians cannot tell whether they have received it. And what we're learning is that how you can tell that you have received what you've already asked for. Is that the Bible says, he said, and the peace, it would manifest by peace in your heart. And he said, this peace would not make sense because the situation may not have changed immediately. But then you are not bothered by it. You, the, the peace is a conviction within you, in your heart. That you're not bothered about the situation again. That you know that no matter what, what you have asked for, you're going to get it. And that is what we call faith. But a lot of Christians don't live by faith. They live by hope. And we're going to examine the scriptures for you to understand that hope is not faith. You start, a lot of Christians start with hope. You're supposed to start with hope. But you don't stay in hope. You transition from hope to faith. Because it is written that the just shall live by, by faith, not hope. Let me give you another evidence. Another evidence that peace is a sign of readiness of faith. And so the Apostle Paul has spoken to us from Ephesians 6. The verse 15 and 16. Philippians 4, the verse 6. Now let's look at the old covenant. The old covenant even gives us a testament. The spirit of Lord spoke through the prophet Isaiah. In Isaiah 53, it reads, it said, but he was pierced 
the verse 4 and 5. But he was pierced for our transgressions. And that he was crushed for our iniquities. He said, and the punishment that brought us what? Peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. And so here, what the Spirit of the Lord was speaking through the Apostle Paul is that the salvation that came through Christ Jesus and even the healing that came by, but came by Christ Jesus on the cross was manifested by peace. Peace preceded the word that brought us healing. He said, and the punishment that brought us peace. What is that telling you? It means that healing comes by faith. Because peace is a sign of readiness of faith. And so you read in Acts 3, when Peter went to the temple gate called Beautiful, and he saw the lame man. He said, several gold I do not have. What I do have, I give you. Ask yourself, what did Peter have? Was there anything physical that you could see? No. Peter had the word in his heart. He had the evidence of the word and the name of Jesus in his heart. And so he spoke it. He said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. And you read on. You begin to see that Peter now began to explain when the people crowded around him. And Peter said, why do you people stare at us? Why are you crowding me? As if it is by my own godliness or righteousness that this man whom you know was, was lame is now walking. And he began to explain to them how the man got healed. And listen, he said, it was faith that came through the name, that came by the name of Jesus. Faith is the faith that comes by the name of Jesus. Faith is what heals. And this faith comes from where? The word of God. It's in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you want somebody to be healed, if you are going through any sickness right now and you are the sound of my voice, I throw this challenge to you. I have seen it manifest. It works. Find the scriptures that promises healing and begin to meditate on the word. You meditate on it until the word has produced a substance, evidence in your heart. And this is how you can tell. The moment you begin to read the word, you begin to see that there's something turning within you. This is how, this is how you can tell whether the word of God is piercing your heart. So even as we speak now, even as I'm talking to you now, even as we're, we're studying the word of God now, you begin to see that if your faith is being built up, you begin to see that something is turning within in your heart. There's an understanding that the spirit of the Lord begins to manifest the word in your heart. And so you read Luke 24, what Jesus was teaching these two disciples about the word. After that, they said, weren't our hearts burning within us as he opened our understanding to the scriptures. I want to turn quickly to Luke 24. I'm making a little digression, but this was to explain this point. Luke 24. Luke 24. I want to read this to you. Luke 24. Luke 24, the verse 32. Luke 24, the verse 32. And so Jesus began to teach them. These people did not believe the word. So the Bible says, let, let me read from the verse 15 to give you the context. It said, as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. 
because Jesus resurrected in a glorified state. And with unbelief, you can never see the glory. And so Jesus asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood, they stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. How about Jesus of Nazareth? So they were talking to Jesus, but they didn't know it was Jesus because the Bible said the Spirit of the Lord kept them from recognizing him. And about Jesus of Nazareth, they replied, he was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priest and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hoped. You see, hope comes here again. And if you have your Bible, I want you to underline this word hope because we're going to come back to it. He said, we had hoped. They had no faith. They had hope. Faith. The just shall live by faith, not hope. He said, we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. So all these things that we're talking about, they were talking about Jesus becoming the king of Israel, physical kingdom. They did not understand the word of God properly because of poor teaching. And so Jesus warned them. He said, be careful of the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The, the Pharisees were teaching, they, they also thought that the kingdom of God was a physical kingdom. But yet, they did not even listen. They still believed those wrong teachings. And that is what happens to a lot of us. A lot of Christians are not able to receive the glory of God because they have not been taught right. They have not been taught by the right teachers. They have, been, they have not been taught by people who have been taught by the Holy Spirit. And so a lot of people do not believe right. And if you do not believe right, the, you will never see the glory of God. You cannot come into faith to receive the glory of God. He said, we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. And listen to this. He said, in addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but they did not find his body. They were looking for a physical evidence. That is what happened. Unbelief that is born out of reliance on physical evidence or unbelief born out of lack of understanding of the word of God manifests by dependence on physical evidence. And so one of the ways that you can tell whether you have unbelief, one of the ways that you can tell that you need more of the word of God is that when you pray and you're still looking forward, you are still depending on the physical manifestation of what you've asked for, then it means that the word is not in your heart yet. You need to feed on the word of God more. These are signs of unbelief. Unbelief born out of lack of understanding of the word of God manifests by dependence on physical evidence and listen here the verse 20 so in addition some of our in addition some of our women amazed us they went to the tomb early this morning but they did not find his body they came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said but they did not see jesus you see they were looking for a physical jesus in order to believe that he has risen, even though they went to the tomb and found it empty because they did not understand the word of God. They had not been taught right. They had listened to the, the teachings of the Pharisees. And so they, they did not have faith. And because of their lack of faith, the Bible says they were kept from recognizing Jesus, although he walked along with them. And I believe this is, this is what happens to a lot of believers. Sometimes the glory of the Lord may be right next to you. Sometimes the blessing that you're, you're looking for, God has presented it right next to you. But because you do not have an understanding of the word of God, 
The Bible says the Spirit of the Lord will keep you from recognizing it. Sometimes the help that you need is right next to you. But because of the absence of the word, because of the lack of understanding of the word of God, you are not able to discern and know that this is from God. We are not able to see the glory. Sometimes it's right next to us because of unbelief. And this unbelief is born out of what? Either the absence of the word of God or lack of understanding, not getting the right teachings. And so let's see. Let's see what happened. And I take the, the, the 24 again. He said, then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. Then listen to the response that the Lord gave them. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. And listen to this phrase. This is where the revel there's a revelation here. The verse 20 says, did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? So Jesus resurrected in a glorified state. With unbelief, you can never see the glory of God. With lack of faith, you can never see the glory of God. And the Bible says in the verse 27, listen to what Jesus did. Like what a lot of Christians, they think that going to a prayer camp and sitting there praying, 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 praying is what is going to, is going to allow them to receive. Sometimes some of these people go to these prayer camps and receive, but they will lose the glory if they don't have the word. You may receive by the manifestation of the spirit on the man of God. The gift of the spirit on the man of God will manifest and set you free. But you cannot keep the glory. You cannot keep those blessings if you do not know the word of God. And so Jesus said that hold fast to what you have. Jesus said that when you drive out a spirit from a man, the spirit goes out, roams about. And then he will come back and see if the place where he left is still empty. And if it is empty, the Bible says he will go and take other 10 other demons and it will come back. And I have seen it manifest. The people that I've prayed with, the Spirit of the Lord healed them instantly. But because they did not know the word of God, the pain came back. And so the second time when I prayed with them and they got healed again, I taught them the word on how to stand on your ground. Because if you don't know the word, the devil will deceive you. You have no faith and you will lose the glory. And then one of the reasons why a lot of Christians are not seeing the manifestation of the glory of God, they go to church every day. Yet they see no manifestation of the glory. It is impossible to come into the presence of God and receive a word born of the Spirit of God and not have your life be transformed. The gospel comes with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. The gospel about Christ, the true gospel, comes with signs and wonders. And these signs, it's not sometimes it's not a physical sign that you can see. It may be an inner change. And what that is the conviction, that is the faith. It's an inner change. It transforms your life from within. Hallelujah. And so listen to what Jesus did. The Bible says in, in, in the verse 27, and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. So Jesus began to teach them the word when he knew that they had no faith. When he realized that they had no faith, he began to teach them the word. So the antidote to unbelief is not prayer. It is the word of God. 
But for some people, if they have not understood the word, if they've not received the right teachings, what you need is to teach them the word more. And the more you teach them the word, then you see that with time, the substance, because they have no faith, because they have unbelief, because they've heard the wrong, wrong teachings for a long time, you have to keep teaching the, the word. That's what the Bible says, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You see what Jesus said, the Bible says, beginning from Moses, which means beginning from Genesis. And all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Everything that we preach is about Christ because the word is Christ himself. And as we read in John 1, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. John said, we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only begotten son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. Hallelujah. And then listen to this. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going further. He's still here. They didn't know he was Jesus. The verse 29 said, but they urged him strongly, stay with us for it is nearly evening. And so the reason why, and as I was studying the spirit, what the spirit of the Lord began to teach me is that the reason why they were able to invite Jesus in is because of the teachings. Now. They had understood the scriptures. Now they had come to the point of faith because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And listen to this. It is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. And in verse 30, when he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. You see, they were only able to recognize the glory because Jesus resurrected in a glorified state. They were only able to recognize him because of the teachings, because of the word. Why? Because now they had come to the point of faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so this is, this is something that the spirit of the Lord has been teaching me and has demonstrated to me. There are some times that I've prayed with people and I'll give you a testimony as we, as we end this. When we're ending this series, I'll give you a testimony. I was praying with someone when the Holy Spirit began to talk to me about peace being a sign of readiness of faith. I was praying with someone. And as I prayed, a person had been, had, had been to the emergency. Had pain, dizziness, and all of that. The doctors had tried. Nothing was, was working for this, with this person. And so I called. And I prayed with her. And after I prayed with her, I said, how are you feeling? And then she began to moan and said, oh, I hope I get better. I hope I get better. But the spirit of the Lord has taught me the word. And so I knew that the reason why she's not healed is because the word, she had no faith. The word was not in her. And so what did I do? I stopped the prayers and I began to teach her the word. And I asked her, do you believe the word of God? She said, yes. And I said, this is what is written. That by his stripes, you were healed. And I began to teach her that you see that the word said you were healed. It is not now that you're going to be healed. And so you saying that I hope God heals me. She was staying in hope. Hope is not faith. She was staying in hope. And so I knew that that hope, no matter the amount of praise that I say, that I will not be able to get this person healed. I have to get her to faith. I had faith, but she didn't. But it was something for her 
And so I needed her to have faith. And so you read through our scripture that even the woman who had bleeding for 12 years, the Bible says she thought in her head, she said to herself, that if I just touch the hem of the garment of the Lord Jesus, then I'll be set free. And Jesus said, go, daughter, your faith has made you well. A lot of people, the healings that you see the Lord Jesus do, he said, go, your faith has healed you. The centurion, your faith, he said, truly, I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such a great faith. Faith is what causes you to receive the glory of God. Healing, as we read in Isaiah 53, was preceded by peace. Peace is a sign of readiness of faith. And so healing comes by faith. Everything in Christ comes by faith. That's what the scripture said, the just shall live by faith. He said, we walk by faith and not by sight. But this faith comes by the word of God. It comes by feeding on the word of God. The more you feed on the word, the more you build up your faith. You, your faith is not built up by you telling yourself, I have faith. No, it comes only by the word of God. And I have seen it manifest in my own life. The more I feed on the word of God, the more I become certain of certain things that I ask for. Because the word produces faith. Jesus demonstrated it here. As he taught them the word. Now they came, the same people who were kept from recognizing him after teachings, now came to the point of faith. And their eyes were opened and saw the glory. And so a lot of people think that God is so wicked. Or God, when the Bible says, the people say that, oh, God, when he takes his stone, he doesn't throw it early. And people think that, oh, God is allowing me to go through this hardship so that the glory will come to him. Yes, he wants the glory. But the reason why things are delaying it's not because of God. It's because of us. Peter said in 2 Peter 1 verse 3, he said, God has given to us everything that pertains to life and godliness. He does not say that he is going to give to us. He has already given to us. But the reason why we're not able to translate these things into our life is because these things require faith. And this faith is by the word of God. And so John 1 4 said, there was nothing that was made without the word. A lot of Christians are trying to get things done without the word of God. No wonder it comes to naught. No wonder there's a lot of failure. No wonder people are dying. Sicknesses, Christians. Every time I see this, it, 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 it boils my heart. Because this is something, part of this message, I went specifically went to the Lord about it. Because I was hearing all these men of God and their children are dying of sicknesses. Even some of them dying at a very tender age. And then people will say, oh, it was the will of God. No, it says it is not the will of God for any man or any woman to die before their time. It is not the will of God for anyone to die of sickness. But the reason why sometimes we do is because the Bible says for lack of knowledge, my people perish. Knowledge. And so I want to read to you something that Peter said in 2 Peter. And we'll come back to this. We'll come back to this. 2 Peter. If you have your Bible, go with me. This is teaching. So I want you to understand. The moment you understand this word, you begin to see that this Christian life should be really, really enjoyable. It's fun. Because he's given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. You know? Hallelujah. And I read the verse 3. He said, His divine power 
has given us everything we need that pertains to life and godliness. And listen to what he said. How this godliness, life and godliness come through? Through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. He said, through these, he has given us very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. So Peter was writing to the church that God has already given us everything by his divine power, but that, that thing can only be realized through knowledge of him. How do you gain knowledge of God? Through the word of God. And he said, once you begin to understand this knowledge, then you begin to know all the very great and precious promises so that you can participate in the divine nature. And so the Apostle Paul said, the Spirit is giving us, is, is a deposit guaranteeing the fullness of our inheritance. God has already given to us everything. But the reason why we're not able to realize these things in our lives is because of our unbelief. Because we don't know the word of God. And what we've seen in Luke 24 is that when the word was preached to these people, when Jesus taught them the word, their eyes were open and they saw the glory. But when you read on, the Bible says that he disappeared from their sight and listened to their testimony. And this is evidence of how you can tell for yourself that the word of God is producing evidence in your heart. The verse 32, Luke 24, the verse 32, is that they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened our understanding to the scriptures? This, you see, they now this is a testament that now they had a word of God in their heart. That was why they saw the glory. Until the word of God has produced evidence in your heart, you will not have readiness of faith to see the glory of God. And the reason why we're not seeing the glory of God in the lives of believers is because a lot of believers don't have faith because they do not know the word of God. Or even if they know the word, the word has not produced evidence in your heart. And some of them do know the word, but they do not understand it. Some of them do know the word, but they do not have the correct understanding of the word. And until they are taught the word, the truth of the word, and the spirit of the Lord manifests this truth in your heart, they will not come to the point of faith to be healed. And so the testimony that I was giving you, I'll end today's message with that. That as I prayed with this person, nothing was happening. And when I began to teach her the word about healing, the word about healing, by his stripes we're healed. And that the word says, that submit yourself then to God and resist the devil and you flee. And so you crying to God is not going to do anything for you. You yourself, Jesus said, you resist the devil. Because he has already paid the price. Because he said, by his stripes, you were healed. Healing is already a fulfilled word of God. Prophesied through Isaiah and Isaiah 53. Fulfilled Matthew 8. When Jesus went into Peter's house, Peter's mother-in-law was down with a fever. The Bible says he bent over and rebuked the fever. And immediately she was well. During the evening, they brought all the sick people. And the Lord healed all of them. And those filled with impure spirit, he drove out the spirit with a word. The Bible says to fulfill. 
what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah, that indeed the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, took up our infirmities and bore our diseases. He's not going to. That is hope. He has already fulfilled the word. Healing is already fulfilled. And what we read in Isaiah, he said, and the punishment that brought us peace was on him and by his wounds. And because the Spirit of the Lord has taught, had taught me this word, and I began to teach this truth of the word to this woman. And as I taught her the word, I began to see that her tone had changed. Now, faith, the word, was producing evidence of faith in her heart. And so then I began to tell her, now I begin to thank God. As a father, that I am healed. I give you all the praise and the glory. Thank you for healing me. I believe that I'm healed, for it is written that by his stripes that I'm healed. And as she began to say that, I saw that the tone was changing. Now that morning, a lot of Christians cry and cry and cry and cry and moan. The crying will not resolve the problem. The word, the word of God is what would cause the problem to cease. And as I taught her the word, and she came to the point of faith. And how do I know that she had come to the point of faith? It manifested. And this is where the Holy Spirit began to teach, demonstrated the word to me. And so I prayed for her the second time. I made her hold on to that thought that by his strife that I am healed. And, I, and stop saying that I hope God heals me. And as she, as she spoke the word, as she spoke the word, as she spoke the word. And I said, now I'm going to pray with you. And I prayed with her the second time. And guess what? I asked her, how do you feel now? She did not tell me that the sickness is gone. She did not tell me that the fever has broke. She did not tell me that the dizziness has left. She said, I feel peace. And right there and then it clicked. The Spirit of the Lord was demonstrating the word to me in a step-by-step -step process. Because sometimes I pray with people, they're just healed. But for her, the Spirit of the Lord took her through the process because God wanted to demonstrate His Word to us that His Word is truth. She said, I feel peace. Not that the sickness has left. Not that the, the pain or the discomfort or the dizziness or the fever has left. She said, I feel peace. Which means that the Word had produced evidence in her heart which has manifested by peace and that peace told me that now she had readiness of faith to be healed because peace is a sign of readiness of faith and so then i said glory to god and so i told her now you're ready to see the manifestation of the healing word of about christ and so i told her now and that prayer did not even last two minutes i said now i command you you spirit of fever, you spirit of dizziness, I rebuke you now in the name of Jesus. And instantly, she said, the fever has broke. The fever is broken. And now she was healed. Amazing. The word of God. I could have st stood on that phone and prayed for hours. She would not have been healed. And so a lot of Christians waste a lot of time in prayer. Pray, 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 pray. They see nothing. And they're still going to prayer meetings. What they need to be taught is the word. Once you teach people the word, and the word has produced evidence in your heart, they have readiness of faith. And with that faith, glory to God.
you speak the word. You combine your faith with it, you speak the word. You're healed instantly. Instantly, she was healed. The word of God. But if, if I had allowed her to stay in hope, and that is what it happens to a lot of believers. They stay in hope, thinking that the hope is the will of God. Thinking that that is faith. Hope is not faith. And let me open your eyes to something here. Revelation that the Spirit of the Lord opened my eyes to in the scriptures. Let's go back to the book of Romans. Romans 4. And I'll end with this one. And next week we're going to continue this faith series. I want you to invite people. I want you to get it. Once you're able to get this, I tell you, your life will be so sweet. You begin to pray. You will pray. When, when you pray, you know that you have already received it because it would manifest in your heart. And lo and behold, the thing will show up. And I've seen it. We speak of what we know. And when the Holy Spirit began to take me deeper in this word, and that word became, I understood this word. That same day, I said a prayer. I asked for something specific. And the next day, the next morning, it manifested. And I began to praise God. So, Father, indeed, your word is truth. And indeed, your word is life. The entrance of the word of God giveth light. The entrance of the word of God giveth light. And so the apostle, uh, Peter, Apostle Peter, in 2 Peter, he said, make sure that you meditate on this word. Gain this knowledge so that the word rises up, the light, until the light of the word rises up as a morning star within you. That's evidence of the word in your heart manifest by peace so romans 4 let me end with this romans 4 and so if you're on the platform if you are the sound of my voice and you think that hope is all you need or if you are depending on hope of something happening you will wait and wait and wait and that thing will not show up hope is good what we said is that faith is a substance of things hoped for you start with hope but you don't end with hope you transition from hope to faith because it is written that the just shall live by faith. And so let's see something here. Here, the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Rome trying to tell them about the fact that righteousness came by faith. He was describing faith. And so he starts with a verse when he said, What then shall we say that Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh, discovered in this matter, in this matter of faith? What did Abraham discover? And, and I want to jump to the verse 18 for you to understand this. Let me start with the verse 16, which says, he said, The promise comes by faith, so that it may be by grace, and so that it may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring. You are an offspring of Abraham if you believe in Christ Jesus. Because the Bible says Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And so this righteousness that we have in Christ Jesus is righteousness by faith. But I wanted to make this point that the promise comes by faith. And I jump to the verse 18. He said, against all hope. And I want you to pay attention to this. Abraham was facing a situation. Against all hope. Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. You see, Abraham did not stay in hope. There was everything was... Fighting against Abraham. But the Bible says Abraham in hope. He started with hope. 
And then he transitioned from the hope to believe the word of God. As the Bible says, Abraham in hope believed and so became, not going to become, and so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offsprings be. We are the offspring. As we, the revelation the Apostle Paul was giving the church in Rome is that just as Abraham in hope transitioned from hope to faith by believing the word of God, we who have believed in Christ Jesus is the same way. We will have hope that God is going to do something for us. But the moment we believe the word of God concerning that situation, we transition from hope to faith. When you have you transition from hope to faith, the Bible says the promise comes by faith. Then that's the only way that you'll be able to receive what God, what you want God to do for you. And let's let's and how do we know that this Abraham in hope believed is, is faith? Read the verse 19. He said, without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. If you read, I like the New King James or the King James Version because he said, Abraham, without weakening in his faith, Abraham considered not his body as although as good as dead. He did not even consider the fact that the situation was hopeless. He didn't even consider it. Because if he had considered the situation, if he had depended on the situation, if he had looked at the situation, what would have happened is that he would have slipped away from the promise of God, slipped away from the word of God and set his, his focus on the situation. And the moment you set your focus on the situation, you lose sight of the word of God. And you move into unbelief. Because the physical thing, the reason the Bible says that just shall live by faith. And the scripture says in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7 that we walk by faith and not by sight. Because the moment you begin to walk by sight, you depend on the physical circumstances in order to believe. And when you depend on the same physical circumstance, what happens is that the physical circumstances will tell you the situation is not possible. The physical circumstances will tell you that now at this age in your life, it is not possible for you to get married. The physical circumstances will tell you that this situation has been there for a long time, so you cannot be healed. The physical circumstances will bring you to the point where you begin to doubt the word of God. Because that when you depend on the physical circumstances, it means that you've lost focus. You, you've moved your focus from the word to the physical. And when you move your, your focus from the word to the physical, that is coming into the flesh. That is coming into the flesh. The Bible says the mind governed by the flesh is dead. But the mind governed by the spirit, the word is the spirit. And so if your mind is governed by the word of God, the Bible says it is what? Life and peace. You see, if your mind is governed by the word, the peace is a sign of readiness of faith. It means that you have readiness of faith to receive from God. And so Abraham, the Bible says, Abraham considered not his body. Because he, if he had considered his body, the physical circumstances would have created fear. And fear will lead to doubt and unbelief. And I don't believe. The Bible says we don't believe. You can never see the glory of the Lord. And a typical example is what we see with Peter. When Jesus told Peter to walk on the water. The Bible says when Peter saw the waves. The Bible says the just shall walk by faith and not by sight. Peter, Jesus told him to come. 
And he began to walk in glory. He began to walk in by walk, take the step of faith by the word, by the word of God. But he lost sight of the word. He took his eye. He considered, he considered the waves instead of considering Christ. So in elsewhere it is written, is that consider he, Jesus, who endured opposition from sinners. He endured opposition. Consider him. Him, Christ. And so Peter took his eye of Christ. He took his focus of Christ. And now began to look at the waves. And what, that, what did that waves bring? It brought fear and doubt. And although Jesus was with him right there, he began to sink. And so the Lord said, why did you doubt? And how he doubted was because he took his eye of Christ, who is the living word. He took his eye of the word and now began to focus on the circumstance. And that is what happens to a lot of believers. That we go through a difficult time. That instead of focusing on the word of God, that's what the word of God says about the situation. And believe the word. Meditate on the word for the word to produce evidence in your heart. And still, the Bible, what we read in Ephesians, is that after you've done everything to stand, stand. Don't give up. Stand, continue to profess that word that by stripes you are healed. Don't depend on the physical because the physical, the flesh, the Bible says that those who are governed by the flesh, they cannot please God. Even if you want to please God, even if you want to receive anything from God with the flesh, with the mind governed by the flesh, it is impossible because the flesh leads to unbelief. And unbelief, with unbelief, you can never see the glory of God. Because faith comes by the word of God. And so we have to keep our eyes. That's just why the Bible says that set your mind on things that are above. Set your mind on the word. He said, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flows the issues of life. Guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flows the issues of life. And so Proverbs 4 says, he said, my son, pay attention to my word. Incline your ears to my sayings. Do not let them out of your sight or out of your heart. For it is life to those who find it and health to all their flesh. The word of God. The word of God. I am fully convinced that the reason why the church is not seeing the manifestation of the glory of God is because of one, absence of the word of God. Two, Lack of understanding and the right teachings of the word. So a lot of people do not have faith. And this walk that we have in Christ Jesus is a walk of faith. And I'm talking about what I have seen the Lord do. That without faith, it is impossible to please God. As so I end today's message here. And next week we'll pick it up from here. And continue this series on faith. We're going to address the other questions. But I hope that this message, my prayer, and, and I, my trust is that this message has blessed you. And by the power of the word, that you begin to walk in the light of the word. And so I want to join my faith with you, as I always do. And today... I'll say two prayers, but I'll put it in one. 
And these two priors. I want to shift a little bit. I have a, I have a guest here. This prayer will be a general prayer for the word of God to be in your heart. And the next prayer, I'm going to spend some time. I want to join my faith with anyone who is going through any sickness. We've heard that the word healing comes by faith. The word of God has come to you right now. And I want to join my faith with you. The Bible says, and as I tell, is it and the yoke shall be destroyed by the anointing. The Spirit of the Lord is in this place. The Word itself, the Word is a healer. The Word itself is anointed. And so I'm going to speak the Word of God to you, to that situation. And you should expect that it changes because of His Word. The Bible says He demonstrated His Word. He's fulfilled His Word through the signs. The Spirit of the Lord testifies to the Word. And the word said, he said, you go speak my word. But my spirit will testify concerning the word. So I want to join my faith with yours. I say this prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the power of your word. Lord, indeed your word is truth. And indeed your word is life. Lord, we met this morning to feed on your holy word. And Lord, this is the instruction that you've given us. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace, giving me through the working of His power. Oh Lord, and although I'm less than the least of all your people, this grace is given us to preach the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain your mystery, which in times past was kept in the new, that now by revelation you have made it known to us. And the Bible says, Luke 10, the Lord, full of the Spirit, when he sent out the 72 and they came back, they said, Rabbi, the Spirit submit to us at your name. And the Lord said, Oh, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. That I've given you authority to trample upon snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. It is impossible for any unclean spirit, for any sickness to stand in the way of the word. The entrance of the word given light. And the Bible says, he said, nothing will harm you. And the word said, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, began to worship the Father. He said, praise be to you, O Lord of heaven and earth, that which you have hidden from the wise and the learned, that you have made it known to these little children. He said, Father, this is what you are pleased to do. Oh, so ancient of days, my Lord and my Savior. You who reigns forever and ever. I thank you for your presence in this place. I thank you for your glory. The word says in all things we should give thanks. I thank you for your word that has gone out and healed many. Your word that has gone out and set many hearts and minds and bodies free. And so Father, I present everyone at the sound of my voice to you. By the power of your word, any seed of darkness, that is battling with anyone at the sound of my voice by the power of the anointed in accordance with the word of God and in the name of Jesus I command that situation of bondage right now I rebuke and receive that darkness in the name of Jesus that the glory of the son of God will be revealed in your life but by the anointing of the word that you begin to see glory to God 
And one of the ways that you can see is that your heart will begin to turn within you. If what you're expecting God to do for you is not going to manifest now, you would have evidence of it in your heart. Peace is a sign of readiness of faith. Peace is a sign that you have already received what you ask God for. Because Philippians 4 verse says, says that do not worry about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind. So look for the evidence of peace in your heart. As I pray with you, as I pray for you, in the name of Jesus, oh Father, let the evidence of the word, let the power of the word, let the word which is able to divide asunder the spirit from the soul, the word that is able to pierce even to the marrow, set hearts free, set mind free, set bodies free, in the name of Jesus, that they will know that Hebrews 13 never say that Jesus is still the same yesterday and today and forevermore as Peter testified in Acts 10 38 how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how you went about doing good and healing all that were under the oppression of Satan all of us you are set free in the name of Jesus you are set free from every wall of the devil, you are set free for whatever binds you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your glory. I thank you, the Lord, you have heard us. That you always do hear us when we call. And now I want to join my faith with anyone who is going through sickness. You know, sickness is not from the Lord. And as I said, in, as it's written in Acts 10, 38, Peter said, when he was testifying to Cornelius' household, he said how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went about doing good. Oh, glory to God. And healing all. No healing some. Healing all. They were oppressed of the devil. Sickness is an oppression of Satan. And so I want to join my faith with you right now. In the name of Jesus Christ. By the anointing of his word. His presence is in this place. His glory, his anointing is in this place. You're going to be set free from that sickness. That pain will leave. That cancer will live. Whatever sickness it is. Whatever infirmity. By the power of his anointing. You'll be set free from it. There is nothing impossible for our God. It's more powerful. And therefore I stand in the name of Jesus. In accordance with the word which has already been fulfilled. That himself, Jesus of Nazareth, took up our infirmities and bore our diseases. He prophesied through the prophet Isaiah. He said, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And the punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. It is not now that you're going to be already healed. But now by the power of his word, we're translating that which is already established in the spirit into full manifestation in your body right now in the name of Jesus. And therefore I command that sickness, I command that pain, I command that infirmity to leave your body now, you seal of darkness, for it is written. For the word said, he says, submit yourself then to God. 
and resist the devil and you flee. You see the darkness. You have no authority over anyone in the sound of my voice. I rebuke you. You spare the pain. Come out now in the name of Jesus. You see the darkness. You spirit of mental health. I command you now in the name of Jesus. Mental de deprivation. In the name of Jesus. Or mental depravity. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. The pain is getting out right now. The sickness is getting out of your body. In the name of Jesus. Receive his word. Which is already being fulfilled through Christ Jesus. Father I thank you. I bless you. For your word. I thank you that your word has gone forth. And healed many. The Lord. They will testify. That indeed your word is true. And indeed your word is life. Because your word. Is life. To those who find it. And help to all their flesh. And the Bible says whoever has accepted your word has testified or has certified that you are truthful. Indeed your word is truth. I thank you for your word that has gone forth and set many free in Jesus mighty name. Amen. Amen and amen and amen.